Welcome to the Triple Helix Podcast. Anyway, so why don't we get conversation going? Let's do this. Let's do this. Okay, Henry Hall, welcome to the Triple Helix Podcast. Triple Helix, that's the name? That is the name. That's very cool. I like that. <laughs> well, you're kind of part of the, the Triple Helix clan I know. As, as a member of Human Biosciences Management Team, right? 100%. Henry, tell me a little bit about your history, where you were born and brought up, where you were educated, and a couple of high points of your, your career and life, if, so we can get to know you a little bit better. Okay. Well, I'm originally from Alabama. I grew up on a cattle farm there, and uh, all my family still lives in Alabama. And then I, uh, I left Alabama, I traveled north, went to law school, and then practiced law a couple of years, and really at, at that point, uh, kind of started becoming interested in uh, the international aspects of law and finance. So I practiced law in Hong Kong a few years. Uh, I was working for a large law firm uh, called Skadden Arps, based in New York. At that time, there was a lot of opportunities in Asia, and they were also opening up Vietnam and Myanmar and um, kind of the frontier markets. And so I had the opportunity to go there and had not uh, not been in Asia before. So I thought it would be a great opportunity to that a few years, but then uh, Really wanted to move more into finance, so I moved to the trading floor, back to New York. You worked on the trading floor at the New York Stock Exchange? Not at the New York Stock Exchange, but at J.P. Morgan. So oh. uh, I worked on the trading floor of a, of a few banks, uh, so J.P. Morgan in New York. and then What was the stress level like? I hear that that can be really intense. No, it's super intense. I mean, um, I actually liked it, but uh, it was a quite a contrast to, to the legal kind of work dynamic. The legal work dynamic was, I mean, it could be stressful if, if there was a deal, but it was still more, I would say, ar- arduous task over very long hours. Mm-hmm. And the trading floor was very fast action uh, in a very condensed time frame. But what I liked about it was, particularly versus the law firm, is, um, you know, you were there from I don't know, 7 a.m. till 5 p.m. or maybe six, but then it was over. There was no calls. There was, you know, there was nothing else to do. And then on the weekends, there was, you know, markets were closed, so there was nothing to do. You know, I mean, so you, when you were working, you were, you were all in 150%, but then uh, outside the hours, you had your, your life. You know, with the law firm, I found it was just, <laughs> there was no life outside the law firm. So yeah. I, enjoy, I actually enjoyed it because that kind of fit my own mentality as well. I like being intense and then I like being on and then being off, you know, so, so it really suited me. Yeah. So I, I did that for a number of years and I moved to London, uh, which is where I, I live now. Other banks, Credit Suisse, Merrill Lynch, and was doing a lot of work particularly in the Middle East, Eastern Europe, Africa, mainland Europe, you know, had exposure to a lot of different countries. And so that's kind of what brought my I mean, I've known uh, Dr. Jane, the founder of the company, for a number of years. Uh, what brought us to me offering my humble advice uh, to to the management team uh, was was that international expertise and the company's now new growth phase of, of expanding internationally. So you've, you've had kind of a wide-ranging career and professionally, a lot of travel. Could you share with us, you know, maybe one personal interest, I don't want to pry too much into your personal life, that can tell us a little bit more about you and what what makes you tick? Well, I, I'm I'm very much into physical fitness. Um, I uh, I've, always, I've always been health oriented, but the last number of years, I I wanted to push myself, and so I've been uh, doing these uh, Spartan races, Spartan obstacle course races. Uh, Why are they called Spartan? And, Do you have to you know wear those? 
color. No, only optional. If you if you would <laughs> like to, you're able, you're allowed. But uh, that's your own, that's your own taste. <laughs> yeah, if you want to go all Char Charlton Heston on it, that's up to you. Exactly. Yeah. No, the it's basically a race, uh, and they have different levels of distances and so forth. But uh, where you have to go through different obstacles and everything as well. So I like it because it's um, it's. Not, I mean, whereas an Ironman is. You know, just intense running, intense swimming, intense cycling. This is going over different obstacles, so you have to use your full body. There's lifting, there's running, there's twisting, there's turning, but it's all body weight things. And and so I, my objective was to get a greater level of of fitness from that, both from the training and you know, obviously the race itself. So I so I did that. I did a I kind of did a, a trifecta they call it, which is the easy, easy, not easy, and super hard one uh, before COVID. And then, of course, the races have been canceled uh, since since COVID, so it's kind of gotten sidetracked. So now I occupy myself with really uh, uh, trail running every day um, in the park, uh, kind of up, up and down hills and through the forest, and uh, meditation uh, every day. And uh, I really like yoga. So, but I, I definitely focus on uh, you have to have a sound body uh, because it's everything. Everything is connected, and you know, for me to have the energy I need and want to be the best uh, version of myself, uh, it's a high priority for me. Oh, that was a great, a great insight into uh, into what what you value and makes makes you uh, kind of who you are and drives you. I uh, was desperately searching for that uh, the Latin saying that matter a sound mind and a sound body, but I failed. <laughs> but that all that sounds like sounds great and um mm -hmm. so now we, we could segue into the business side of things why don't you let us know a little bit about what what your role is at hbs i oversee uh, corporate development uh, at uh, human biosciences and uh, what that means is i uh, work with the founder and the management team of the companies and help fulfill their vision of uh, expanding uh, human biosciences, particularly internationally, and also even uh, within its, its main market, which is the U.S., when there's opportunities for, for us to acquire other companies or there's other investment opportunities or strategic partnerships with uh, potential customers, things that, uh, in, in effect, are not just in the normal course of business. So they tend to be a bit lumpy in terms of big projects, uh, but also very uh, strategically important in terms of the direction of the company. Human Biosciences has, since its uh, founding, uh, really focused on being the best research and development and manufacturer of collagen wound care products. And I uh, believe we, we have succeeded there and, and have a significant uh, market share in the U.S. market, which is the world's most competitive, of course. But also, uh, based on what we know, uh, with our efficient uh, and effective production techniques, because we do a lot of research and development, not just on the what what else can we do with collagen, because that's our, our focus and our specialty, but also how can we better produce it, because uh, the more efficient we are in producing it in terms of quality uh, and quantity, uh, the lower the price can be you know, for, our, for our end customers. So the company has, uh, has really focused and excelled on the U.S. market, but has now uh, kind of turned its sights to expand our product range globally, because we really believe that we have the best collagen wound care products in the world, and I believe that the science backs that up. It's not just a, a marketing uh, motto. And uh, the thing about our products is, I mean, yes, it, yes, it is a business for us, um, but 
it, it really changes people's lives. And we believe the, the, the research or the results show that collagen wound care products, I mean ours particularly, but just collagen wound care in general is really life-saving and life-changing products for people with uh, really acute wounds, whether that's from diabetes, from burns, from whatever the case may be. But, you know, there are just some remarkable many, many, many hundreds, literally, case studies of remarkable stories of patients that have had uh, different treatments for their wounds, that none of them worked with recurring wounds. And then uh, after using collagen wound care products, uh, it, it, it healed, it actually healed their wounds and they were able to recover and get out of bed and, and so forth rather than continuing deteriorating because, you know, the type of wounds that our products focus on acute Deep, deep, deep tissue uh, wounds that really can result in in death, can result uh, often in amputations uh, and so forth. So these are very serious wounds that don't respond to most things, uh, but do respond to our collagen. My role is to advise and uh, look at opportunities uh, for joint ventures, for international joint ventures, which is is particularly my background is international business and finance. And I worked a lot uh, in emerging markets and different markets around the world. You've put forth some kind of important key points, I think. First, that you, know, you have a background in this field and that you sort of fit right in with the DNA of this company in terms of doing well by doing good. You share the vision of helping others through technology. You know, is it fair to say that despite the fact that I, I know that you have a, an Ivy League education, isn't that correct? Yes, that's right. For law I know school. you will come right out and brag about that. But. <laughs> <laughs> thank, that, <laughs> thank you for say thank you for saving me the trouble. <laughs> that's okay. I'm sure it'll get me an invite to the uh, to the Harvard Club. But um, anyway, oh well, the idea that is sort of current in the world today that is a little different than the old fashioned way of doing business. Where people used to say it's not personal, it's business. Yeah. Do you feel that even in the bigger world of mergers, acquisitions? joint ventures, that when you're doing work that benefits people in this way, it's more than just business? Is, is there something deeper behind it? There doesn't have to be a, uh, I'll say, a doing good aspect. But for me personally, uh, there does. You know, I have to believe in uh, products that I'm selling. Like I, I don't want to work for sh- sugar-based uh, or fast food type products. Uh, not saying they're immoral or anything else, but that's just not my... Uh, what I want to spend my time promoting, you know, not judging anyone that does, but uh, you know, I, I want to believe in the product that I'm selling. That I'm selling, uh, and in effect, if I'm setting up a joint venture, uh, we're we are selling the company and the product. So, and I've seen the you know the difference uh, from the case studies and so forth that it makes in people's lives, and I think that's very compelling. If you're just looking at the spreadsheet and the numbers, no problem. That doesn't bother me because uh, it holds up. You can make profits doing many things, and uh, this is, is very rewarding given the, the, the results this product can bring to people's lives. It certainly sounds so, and I've seen some of those results in various reports and so on. It's very, very impressive and yeah. dramatic. Now, that reminds me of something else that's going on in the company I heard about in a means by which merchants and other people can become sort of distributors of the human biosciences products. Do you have a hand in that program? What we look for is not just someone that has money to invest, because we do go in generally as a 50-50 type of, uh, of project, 
but someone that can also bring expertise to the table, such as familiar with the medical market, the has connections or maybe even is a distributor of medical products, is in also already in the healthcare industry. You know, we need that because even if so, even if there's a local person and he said, well, yeah, I like your product, let's do a business, here's my money, we need help in that. Uh, and, that and that's the expertise that they expect from the local partner because there, there are barriers to entry and hurdles that have to be made to, to number one, just be up and running in the market, but then also to penetrate it because every market uh, to some extent has uh, is like the U.S. in that the the key you know for our products is getting in with the right distribution you know and if you're if you're not on the on the the purchase list or you know in the catalog kind of using a you know, pre-internet uh, term for a hospital chain or people to see your product to buy then you can formula it, it, it doesn't go right? yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you have to be in the in the system and we need people and we look for partners that that know that system and can can help us do that. That's interesting to hear about the nuts and bolts of how a company like this can uh, connect internationally and expand its market. But Mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting from a business point of view, isn't it, that the company's built basically on one product. Now, that product is manufactured in several different forms, but it's that core invention that made all of this possible. Yes. Have you worked uh, in other projects where it was kind of the foundational product was someone's uh, creative? Kind of unusual, really. Yeah, I mean, I think it is unusual. I generally have worked in uh, in places that were very flexible and dynamic, but uh, but I would say constantly, um, and whether it's a Wall Street bank or investment firm or people like that. I mean, they 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 can't be stagnant right and just fixed otherwise the market leaves them behind mm-hmm. but they're constantly morphing and evolving you know i mean the the big investment banks where i worked uh, are great examples to that you know so when the, when credit and, and law firms for that matter so when credit is cheap and there's plenty of credit everyone's doing you know high yield bonds and uh leverage buyouts and and so forth and then as soon as there's a crash uh, everyone's doing bankruptcy and reorganization and Bail, you know, um, recovery, and you know they're always evolving to whatever the market conditions are. But this one is more, as you said, a foundational product, an expertise of collagen that is not just oh, okay, I've invented uh, this collagen product and now kind of selling it, but also finding new uses for it, uh, as well as continuing to refine the production uh, aspects of it. So you know we are. Our collagen is better now, I would say, than it has ever been and is, is being produced at a lower cost than it has ever right, been. Right, and that's so, uh, the result um, of millions of dollars of investment. I, I guess I would say it's a bit like the, uh, I mean, a couple, of, a couple of analogies come to my mind. One is the computer chip you know, industry mm. where things are always getting faster, smaller, and cheaper. You know, but, but the core, I mean, it is a, a microchip business, but uh, it's always evolving to be better. So I think that's an analogy with our with our collagen production. And then uh, I think the other kind of corporate analogy that comes to my mind is 3M with their adhesives. You know, I mean, they basically are good at making adhesives. And then they, uh, I don't think we can compare with them in terms of the variety and the variation of our products. We can certainly strive for it. But in the sense of, you know, 3M, they are, and they made tape, right, or glue, adhesive. 
And they've come up with so many different ways to package that and do that and applications of that. And I think that the, the key word is applications of that adhesive, applications to meet consumer needs. Well, on that and, note, you know, I was yeah. speaking to Dr. Jane once and kind of blew my mind. He told me that collagen is stronger than steel. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah, I didn't know that myself. Right. And it offers the opportunity. I think we were talking weirdly enough about adhesives, but you know, the fact that this naturally occurring material has perhaps industrial applications beyond health and healing. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe, it's but it, next, maybe it has a 3M quality after all. Well, I mean, the thing about it also, kind of going back to the, to the product itself, mm-hmm. things I like about it, obviously I focused on the effects that it has. But one, one thing also which is very uh, consistent with my own uh, well, philosophy and lifestyle and priorities and so forth is uh, natural. Mm. You know, and so, uh, you know, I... I like that uh, it is a natural product. You know, it is, it is collagen. It, it's to be specific, it's bovine collagen, which means it comes from cows. It, you know, it is not made in a lab of, of chemical combinations. Now, that doesn't mean there's not lots of great medicine and so forth from chemical combinations that are fantastic. But I try to keep a natural lifestyle, and and I like the. It, it appeals to me very much that it, that it is an all natural product. Well, how do you feel about the? I know there's a product in the wings that would be a, a vegan collagen. Yeah, I think that's amazing. I think that's uh, that's just gold. You know, I mean, it's a lot of people's uh, priorities, uh, lifestyle, and so forth are trends that are currently happening, such as people uh, exploring much more of a, a vegan diet and vegan lifestyle, and then also, you know, with all the uh, I would say laboratory created proteins, you know, with Beyond Meats and uh, different things like that. I think it really fits uh, right into that uh, that theme. So I think it would be very popular with consumers, and it'd be great to give them uh, options. Well, that's great. Well, let's let's close um, by I'll ask you where you see this company five years from now. Well, I would see it as larger and even more successful than today. I think it will have a larger market share in the U.S., especially with the the amount of kind of innovative products that I know is in the, the pipeline, not just on the drawing board, but actually in the pipeline of being introduced. I think it will be it will have a more diversified product offering in terms of applications of its traditional bovine collagen, but also with its, uh, its vegan collagen. Uh, an avenue, and uh, I know that it'll be a much more uh, international company with its products being sold uh, in markets around the world with, through largely joint ventures, and and so I look forward to that uh, being executed. Great, Henry Hall. Thank you so much for joining us on the Triple Helix podcast. It was great meeting you, learning a little bit more about you and your role in the company and, and the future direction of the company. No, well, thank you very much, Dan. It's been uh, been a pleasure to to talk to you. I'm very happy to. Uh, be able to, to contribute to human biosciences and uh, its uh, future growth and expansion. And I really believe in the products and appreciate uh, having this platform to uh, for the audience and to discuss with you. Likewise. Thanks a lot, Henry. Be well. Thank you. Thanks for joining the Triple Helix podcast presented by Human Biosciences. Your host was Dan Bernard.